Hi, and welcome to the Sales Enablement Pro Podcast. I'm Shauna Sumawang. Sales enablement is a constantly evolving space, and we're here to help professionals stay up to date on the latest trends and best practices so that they can be more effective in their jobs. Today, I'm excited to have a returning guest speaker join us, Chris Kingman, the Director of International Enablement for TransUnion. Chris, I would love for you to introduce yourself, your role, and your organization to our audience. Sure. So as Shauna said, my name is Chris Kingman, the Director of International Enablement at TransUnion. My role is um, where I hold responsibility in helping drive and support all the typical enablement activities or functions uh, that we see that help drive operational strategic goal, excuse me, aligned to revenue achievement. Uh, It's just a really fancy way to say, um, I try to make sure that, that our sellers have all the tools, technology, knowledge, skills, and abilities they need to be successful across the globe. Well, Chris, I'm glad that you're back to join us today. Now, today I want to focus a little bit about uh, the role of sales enablement. Um, I'd love to hear from you and your opinion. What skills and expertise are needed to excel in sales enablement roles? Sure. So a a really simple one I think is often overlooked is listening skills. Um, And that's just you actually have to hear what your quote unquote customer really needs, right? It's no different than what we're really trying to prepare our sellers with. Um, You have to have a good attention to detail in talking to your stakeholders internally. Um, And, you know, a skill, listening isn't necessarily a skill. So you have to develop it into active listening. And that's really just, you know, understanding what people say and, and retaining that information. I also think the ability to look at a situation or a challenge from both uh, a microscopic lens and a macroscopic lens is key. And when I say that, um, you know, a lot of the times some of the thought leaders will say, you know, systems thinking is the way to sort of be successful in enablement. I really just think um, having the ability to sort of look ahead several steps is key. And and you have to have sort of an understanding of your business, but also a, a curiosity to go from very minute details and very tactical items, very you know point and click um, type direction, all the way to large scale or, or enterprise wide, organization wide impacts of uh, what you're doing and, and the um, the impacts of what decisions you're making. I think that is a skill that it takes a lot of time to develop and refine, but it will aid enablers, um, you know, to really go from sort of a, a single faceted role or, or somebody that only is responsible for uh, one discipline, one function to a leader to really, uh, you know, a strategic uh, position within your organization is how can I help drive the strategy? How can I direct the business and support the decisions the business makes? I think that's one of the key ways to do it is, is having that ability to, you know, um, pop in and out, if you will, of uh, you know, small scale action, small scale impacts and, and think broader and broader and broader as, as broad as you need to go. Um, and I think one of the the final things, and I don't necessarily know if it's a skill, um, maybe it's a, goes under expertise is you should always kind of keep one foot on the front line. Um, you know, I never try to be too far away from my sellers or my sales leaders. I never um, never out of touch, never out of reach if they have a, a challenge, a question. And it's just a great way to always understand what they're really dealing with, right? Um, 
on a long enough timeline if you're pursuing several very strategic things that may take 18 months, three years to implement, you may forget, you know, why you're doing things. You may forget what's actually happening um, at the, in the real world where your sellers are, are operating. And so I think even just having an open dialogue with your people is great. Um, I try to position myself as a resource to them and always be available or always be open to uh, feedback information or really, uh, you know, complaints, even complaints is one of the areas that you can really get a lot of the best insights as to what's happening in that space. And I think always keeping even in the back of your head is just, you know, what, what's going on with my sellers is another key sort of area of expertise that will help um, enablement practitioners. Absolutely. Now for practitioners that may be newer to the role, um, and the profession, what advice do you have for them about how to develop some of these critical skills um, and, and knowledge that you've been talking about? Sure. So um, becoming a good listener takes practice. It actually takes practice. The, the great thing is it's not a hard exercise to complete. Um, just be very conscious that when someone is explaining something to you, let them talk and let them explain whatever it is that they're talking about fully and as much detail as they can provide you. And then try to repeat it back as you understand it um, in a real simple way is, so here's what I heard you say, and then tell them what you believe they said and see how close it is to what they said. Um, that is, it's, you know, not necessarily an exercise as something I would recommend you do every time someone gives you some piece of information that's of importance, but it really helps you hone in on, uh, well, what, what are you really saying, right? A lot of, a lot of the, um, the meat can be lost in, in somebody just trying to get a point across and they're, you know, maybe they're over gestating or they're talking a lot or they're just terrible at stories. Um, it helps you focus and get to the point without being a little, you know, blunt and saying, we'll, we'll get to the point. So I think that's a really easy way to go about it. Certainly makes you a better listener. Now, when we talk about um, from the macro to the micro and, and having that ability to go back and forth, one thing I've always challenged the people when I ran teams to do was um, think about whatever it is you're building or a problem you're trying to solve and just continually ask yourself, okay, and then what? Okay, and then what? Okay, and then what? And I do this uh, when I design programs that, you know, I have to roll out globally or, or I'm reviewing things with my team, you know, how can this go wrong? You just keep asking that question. Okay, then what? Okay, then what? And if you can't answer it, whether you're scaling something up or whether you're troubleshooting, that's an area that you're going to want to spend a little bit more time developing or focusing on, right? And um, I think success and enablement is a mix of somebody that can have that level of detail um, you know, that translates into frontline activity of, of do this, do that, as well as that macro view of, you know, I need to holistically change how we do something. And here at a high level is the steps that we need to take at a high level. Here's, here's the potential pitfalls. And at a very tactical level, here's the breakdowns of what's going to happen. Here's, you know, where things can go wrong. Um, and being, that intentional with that exercise to say, okay, and what, as ridiculous as it sounds, as simple as it sounds, it does force you to think through all possibilities of ways things can fail. 
Um, and I think that can really tie back to just a stronger approach to enablement. Absolutely. Now, sales enablement practitioners spend a, a good portion of their career helping reps with their own professional development. But what do you see as the benefits of professional development for sales enablement practitioners themselves? So there's there's a huge benefit agnostic of being an enablement practitioner, right? And um, everyone should do it. And I'll, I'll use that blanket statement. For our colleagues in enablement, uh, this is a great time to really figure out where you want to go. Um, so there is no there is no right path right now in enablement. Uh, we all want to be more strategic. Some of us have that C-level ambition, and that's great. But there's nothing wrong to say that you can't just be a excellent enabler in a function or or a specific discipline right there's i know sales trainers that that's all they want to do is sales train and they do it exceptionally well because they love doing it um for those looking from those lenses i would say um first you know really focus on what you want to do figure out what you want to do or an idea of what you want to do um, and learn as much as you can about that particular discipline. So if you want to master the CRM, right, and we'll, we'll just use Salesforce as an example, there is probably an endless supply of content and training and material that will teach you how to be um, as good as that platform, as informed as possible, and how to leverage it to your business's, you know, benefit. You could spend, there's, there's a recruiting agency just for Salesforce people. That's how in-depth this option or a route could be the same thing for with training um, i would say as from a professional development standpoint seek out the certifications seek out the the labels the awards the accolades that say you've mastered this and then do that and then move to something else if if you're you know you're content or you think there's time to expand um, for those that want to be enablement leaders i think it's a huge portion of uh, your career progression is to seek out professional development. Um, you know, and if, if that's the route you want to go is to be a leader of enablement functions, then I think leadership and management development is really where you want to focus your time. And if you are an established leader, if you've been doing enablement for a period of time or went from ops and transitioned over, or you, you know, you run a team, I think you should pursue things a little bit more on the business development side. Um, similar like an M I wouldn't necessarily push an MBA, but something of that factor, maybe um, personal certifications or academic certifications like um, Harvard and Yale, though they do, you know, the, the summer courses about analytics or running a, a P&L or anything like that, that will benefit you. Um, or if you want to go the complete opposite way and you want to position yourself as a, you know, a thought leader or a brand even, um, seeking out ways to make your writing better if that's your if that's your medium or professional speaking training so i can personally uh, attest to the value of that I've, I've done that before um you know leaps and bounds improvements in how i uh, speak in front of audiences or i address executives and, and things like that i think all of those are um, absolutely necessary for your career advancement well, that's a great segue. I'd actually love to hear from you. What are some other actions you've taken to enhance your own professional development and how has that impacted your growth trajectory? Sure. So in no particular order, um, I think that I spent a lot of time 
sort of trying to master uh, specific disciplines. I started, um, I started in training, even all the way back to my first job when I was 15, uh, scooping ice cream. I immediately learned how to do it and I was training everybody else how to do it. Um, and then every job I've ever held has had a training element to it or I've just been tasked with the training piece of it. So in the corporate environment or the startup to corporate environment, I, I largely handled training. And then as, as I've sort of gotten better or I've mastered things, I've taken on additional responsibilities on the side. And, and um, if you could picture sort of shifting things, you know, across your desk as the training is getting, it, it, it has a life of its own, if you will, as it's demonstrated its value as it's worked into literally the culture of the organization. That's about the time you can have somebody take it over for you and only build upon what you have. And you take somebody who is, you know, maybe a dedicated sales trainer, somebody that has a, a full passion for it to make what you have even better and to demonstrate and expand upon the value as you transition into, um, you know, something else. I think, um, you know, as, as I've progressed and worked on sort of getting all of the disciplines down, then I transitioned over to technology and just tried to educate myself as much as possible on sales stack. Cause that was, you know, that was all we were talking about probably like two, three years ago was sales stack and the right sales stack. And you had to have this, that, this stack and not that stack. And so I just educated myself on as, as much as possible. Um, you know, trying to master how to leverage your CRM, how to tune it, um, for a positive seller experience and, and make sure that our sellers were using, not even using the tool, but the tool is calibrated to make them more successful. Um, and then, you know, as I sort of climbed the ladder, I would say, I've focused more on developing my presence among executives, working with, you know, senior level executives, C-level executives, along with handling, coordinating larger and larger um, initiatives, right? Large scale technology platform rollouts across the globe or um, large scale meetings in which you have to have a, a, an agenda and a, a program and a theme that fits and is applicable to as many people as possible. And so sort of taking on larger and larger responsibilities, taking on larger and larger roles um, has been kind of how I've been exposing myself and trying to make myself better and better and better and then on top of that, seeking additional training in any format, really, um, whether it be, you know, professional speaking training or um, working on my writing or what I find most valuable is just sort of the conversations with my peers and colleagues about how, how would you address this situation or how would you do this or, um, you know, active in sales enablement societies, certainly talking to fellow practitioners who are in similar roles and seeing how they do it and learning about their organizations have been all the ways that I've found beneficial in my development. Fantastic. Fantastic. Now you talked a little bit about how your own role has evolved, but as the sales enablement profession continues to evolve, where do you see there being opportunities for practitioners to maybe pursue slightly more specialized roles? So not that we're not all sick of talking about it, but the immediate, um, you know, the benefit is helping people adapt to this virtual environment, right? Because uh, it, it, it is not, 
it's not comfortable for everybody. I, I think that's a fair way to put it. Some people are, are just very off put by all of the technology, all of, you know, the digital aspects of it, the distractions, right? Um, all of those things, they, they come into play. If you have a typical enterprise level representative, their majority interactions were scheduling a meeting, getting ready for the meeting, and then you're in a room with executives. No one's coming in and out. There are no screaming kids. Um, no one's doing the dishes. All of those things that uh, are now normal, they won't be normal forever. But helping people deal with that, I think, is the absolute immediate need. Um, and it's not hard. Every, every company, every vendor, everybody's putting out a fact sheet or a one-pager or a webinar about how to deal with this. You can certainly pull all of that in, make your own flavor, and at the bare minimum, enable your sellers. Um, longer term, I think a sound strategy is to pick a discipline or a focus and just immerse yourself in it. Um, and, you know, this, this has kind of been my strategy, so I don't, I don't necessarily, I want to caveat and say, I don't know if this is the right strategy, but this is what's worked for me, um, both in, in an office environment where I was there all day, you know, the nine to five schedule, and then in my role now internationally where it's hours fluctuate, you know, who I'm speaking with and what their challenges are are all different based on the region. But now is the time to uh, get exposed to the, the functions that fall under the enablement umbrella or maybe the disciplines, right? Um, so maybe call QA is big because you have a very well um, adapted organization that has, you know, digital calling or dialers or, and maybe analyzing calls is something that you're interested in because that, that's very impactful. I think it's, um, it can be overlooked sometimes how, how much you can learn from listening to an interaction and then the coaching. Now's the time to learn about it and see how you can take, uh, maybe what you have and make something out of it. Maybe it's as simple as educating your sales managers, incorporating a coaching session, creating a scorecard. There, there's no, you know, there's no limit on what you can do. I would say pick an area of interest, educate yourself and then figure out how to derive value for your business out of that. Um, you know, there's, you can master your CRM, you can master sales training. Um, you know, I think you just have to identify what's of interest to you and what can fit within your bandwidth. Um, and while you may have a primary focus, let's say you are the sales trainer for an organization, um, identify areas that your business could be better, where, where you could bring value at no cost to the business. And it, the only thing it's going to cost is your sweat equity. You have to put in the work. If anybody works at a startup or has worked at a startup, you're familiar with the idea that it's probably not money to do a lot of things. Um, so, you know, it, it's really just the ingenuity, uh, the time, the patience, and the knowledge of the people that really put these things together. But if you can prove value, um, you know, they'll find the money. And if it brings in money, even, even you know, more inclined to invest in it, um, I think now is the time to ask those questions and ask yourself, Certainly challenge your own knowledge of how your business works, but go to your frontline, go to your sales leaders and say, you know, where do you need help? Where can the business improve? What processes are broken? Um, what don't you like? You know, what my two favorite questions 
I, I think, you know, you were there when I talked about it is what sucks and, you know, how do we fix it? Um, it, it doesn't have to be a big consulting engagement. You can really just ask the questions uh, of where this business can be better. And then as an enabler, take that back and figure out what you can do about it. Um, chances are there is something that you can do. You will find an avenue. You will find something of interest at the bare minimum. If you, do, if you don't abandon the pursuit, you will solve a problem. And if you solve that problem, you're inherently providing a value or you're preventing you know, waste or something to that degree that I think on a long enough timeline as a practitioner, you get a bunch of wins like that under your belt. Um, it's gonna, you know, it's gonna turn heads. It's gonna turn a lot of attention to what you're doing as a as a practitioner, and it's ultimately gonna be now you're the one people are gonna come to with the problems versus you right now using the opportunity to sort of go find. I love that. I think that's fantastic advice, Chris. Now. In closing, my last question for you, what are some steps that you would recommend practitioners take in order to advance their careers? So, um, you know, if you're young, you're not tied down to anything. Um, I big advocate for go move somewhere where a job sounds great. Um, and really the job exposes you to things, right? Um, if you don't have that ability, um, maybe you have children, you know, uh, your parents, whatever, um, you know, maybe the startup life isn't for you. It's fine. Just look for opportunities to provide value. The great thing about enablement to me is nothing's off the table per se. Like if you can, if you can fix a process, if you can align people, if you can get people talking, if you can do anything to make achievement or, you know, um, value capture uh, of revenue, happen it's under it's under your umbrella you can at the bare minimum look into it um and if you're curious if you're really just curious you can find a way to provide value and if you're it doesn't matter if you've been doing sales ops for 30 years or you are fresh out of college and you're an enablement person maybe you uh maybe you're running content management right and someone has a platform um doesn't mean that you can't look at other areas of the business within let's say the sales umbrella don't don't go sniff around finance just yet um there it doesn't mean that you can't look at other aspects and and just ask the question like how can this be improved and you don't even have to have the answer you just have to ask the question um it's been my experience that all of the challenges i've went and identified my frontline sellers and managers have told me about them um you know the majority of them and they're they've probably pointed me in the right direction either a what they want to see or b all you have to do is this and the problem goes away. The people that live it and breathe it every single day are going to be, you know, they're your customers. But more importantly, if you do listen to them, they're going to be your biggest advocate when you do solve those problems. Um, and as somebody who wants to further their career, the, you know, the easiest thing to put you in that position to grow, I would say, um, is add value. And it's, it's really the guarantee to advancement. Uh, if you continually add value, there's, there's really few reasons or few limitations why you can't progress or you can't, you know, whether it's uh, you climb higher or your organization, your team gets wider. Um, you know, there's, there's few things that'll get in the way as long as you continue to add value. 
Absolutely. Chris, thank you so much for joining us again. I always enjoy our conversations. Always a pleasure. To our audience, thanks for listening. For more insights, tips, and expertise from sales enablement leaders, visit salesenablement.pro. If there's something you want to share or a topic you'd like to learn more about, please let us know. We'd love to hear from you.